0: Summer Breeze, Life in the Holy Spirit. That's our new series that we're beginning today. So the scriptures um, were just a few that highlight kind of the introduction of the Holy Spirit, how Jesus introduced and then how the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, and then how Paul wrote to the Ephesians about life in the Spirit. So I chose the series title Summer Breeze because I love that song back in the 1970s. And it's summertime. And when I think about a summer breeze, it's a great metaphor for what I truly believe life in the Holy Spirit can be. We are going to be in this series a few weeks and we're going to explore many things in the scripture about the Holy Spirit. But more than that, I hope we experience a renewed relationship with the Holy Spirit. I don't want you just to know about him. I want you to have relationship with him. In the coming weeks, we'll hear about Jesus promise of the Holy Spirit, symbols of the Holy Spirit in scripture, the person of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity and spiritual gifts. But the starting point today is this life, true spiritual life is born of the spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. In John 3, 8, Jesus said the wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. So Jesus said that life in the Spirit is mysterious and unexplainable. And in the same conversation, he said, Nicodemus shouldn't be surprised by it. We have to be born again, born of the spirit. This is where our spiritual life begins. So spiritual life in this conversation is further described when he was talking to Nicodemus as both seeing and entering the kingdom of God. Life with the Holy Spirit changes our vision And our spiritual geography, we are able to see through kingdom eyes, which totally changes how we view life. Can anyone say amen? And our current location is shifted when we are living the spirit birthed life. We are in God's kingdom now and have access to his GPS How many have ever had your GPS giving you directions, but then something happened and you are in a different location now than where the direction started from and it has to recalculate and now it has to determine from this location, this is how you go forward. This is how you move to where you are. When we are born of the spirit, we enter the kingdom of God and you're in new geography. So how does that work? In the natural, you might seek direction for finances and head to a bank or the stock market or even a casino. But from your new current location... The GPS says, rerouting, rerouting. Okay, turn here and take the, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory path. In your old life, you may have sought position or prestige, but now the readout says, the greatest among you will be a servant. You may have gone round and round, feeling lost and uncertain, but now your GPS gently guides you, saying, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. He will direct your paths. You may have flipped through map after map trying to find the right path for your life. But now you see that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You've got the map. And if I had my leather Bible sitting here, I'd hold it up for you. You've got the right map. <laughs> you may have struggled through rough terrain, unsure if you were up to the hike ahead. But now you know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No matter where you may go in life becomes secondary because your true path is within God's kingdom. And wherever you go, you are taking God's kingdom with you, representing him as Paul wrote, like an ambassador for Christ. I love how Jesus talked about the wind blowing in this conversation. He says, you can hear it, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. The wind reference reappears in Acts chapter two, specifically the sound of wind, a mighty roaring wind. As Jesus said, you can hear it. But you can't tell where it's coming from. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, they heard the sound of wind. The sound filled the entire place. And then tongues of fire fell on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Spirit and began speaking in different languages. This supernatural outpouring amazed everyone around them who began hearing the praises of God in their own language. So life with the Holy Spirit is mysterious and unexplainable at times. And those around us might be amazed. Some may even choose to ridicule what they don't understand. Some in the crowd on the day of Pentecost said, they're just drunk. So what is it about being filled with the Holy Spirit That draws a comparison or contrast to being drunk. On the day of Pentecost, it appears to have been the exuberance and multiple voices, all praising God at the same time, that caused those who couldn't understand or explain what was happening to conclude they must be drunk. So I inherited from my mother a propensity to get tickled. And then not be able to stop laughing once I'm really tickled about something. I try to keep that under wraps, especially up here. But it's a true thing about me. My kids will tell you. Um, This used to happen to me a lot when I was in high school. I may not have been as studious as some of you. I, I got good grades and all that, but... I mean, especially uh, anyway, this used to happen to me and I would just be uncontrollably not able to stop laughing in the middle of a class. And my friends would often say to me, are you drunk? Or what have you been smoking? This was the way they would respond to these episodes with me. All of which is comical because they all knew that I was pretty straight laced and didn't drink or do drugs. But when we see unexplainable joy or cheerfulness, even if it is not spiritual but just plain goofiness, we tend to assume there's some kind of chemical inducement. This is an aside that it's just an interesting, funny thing that happened this week. It it really, I just have to let you know. I went to the Vienna Business Association breakfast the other day, and I won a door prize. Guess what my door prize is? A gift certificate to the Caboose Brewery. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? They do have small plates there, and the guy is a friend of ours, and so I probably will use my gift certificate, but it just kind of cracked me up, so whatever. I read a June 28 Washington Post article last night uh, titled Sobering Truths Inside Country Music's Complex and Increasingly Lucrative Love Affair with Alcohol. That's the whole um, headline. (laughs) One thing I got from the article was that back in Hank Williams' day, the uh, alcohol connection with country music was a tear in my beer. It was, apparently that's one of his songs, A Tear in My Beer. Um, it, it was sad drunks, people drinking away their sorrows. Today, it is fun and partying and just basically all jacked up. It's just the way to have fun. That's, and the songs are full of it. And it's just an interesting connection. And this was a Washington Post article. I, yeah. The contrast between, being, between drunkenness and being filled with the Spirit comes up again in Ephesians. And so that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time today. It, the context provides a rich understanding of what life with the Holy Spirit can be like. The paragraph begins in verse 15. So be careful how you live... Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. This is less about some strict alertness to every step you take and more about an intentional nurturing of the principles you will live by. Which GPS will I use? So when it's saying, be careful how you live, it's saying, figure this out and get your principles straight. How are you going to use kingdom principles to control your life? Remember, we are born of the spirit. We now function according to those principles. Grace, faith, hope, love, justice, mercy, truth, peace. If we are intentionally nurturing the life of God in us, the pattern of mistakes and sins will begin to change. We're going to still mess up. Our anger will get the best of us. We might yield to some temptation. And when we do, we must be quick to confess and seek God's mercy and forgiveness provided to us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Living filled with the Holy Spirit is living like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity, all right? So we're going to be guided by these principles of the kingdom. We're going to figure out, we're going to nurture and choose which kind of life we're going to live. That's the being careful how we live. And then the making the most of every opportunity, some that are familiar with the old King James that says redeeming the time. And the that word is Kairos, not Chronos. Okay, which, and it mean it doesn't just mean time like ticks on the clock. It means the right time, the fitting time. The opportunities are God given, and through life and the Spirit, they become saturated with purpose. We think of time as fixed measurements, marking off seconds, minutes, hours, days. But in the kingdom of God, living in the spirit, there are times, and I hope every one of you has experienced this. There are times where more transformation takes place in a single moment than years of effort. So it's, It's more than what we can understand in our concept of time when we're talking about making the most of the time God has given us. It is as though time can be more like a porous substance. And when we are living life with the Holy Spirit, a fullness comes into our days like saturating a sponge that was unknown and inaccessible before. On the flip side, living like fools allows that porousness of time to become like holes in a bucket and precious moments become wasted opportunities in the kingdom. And then we come to verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. The NIV says, which leads to debauchery, which I think is a weird word. (laughs) I had to look it up. I, I grew up with the King James, oft quoted, wherein is excess. So debauchery means excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures. That's what that word means. So the translation we read was, this will ruin your life. So for today's conversation, talking about summer breeze, I'd like to consider a destructive hurricane force wind excess versus a gentle summer breeze. Why does drunkenness, debauchery and dissipation, those are the the words used there, ruin your life? An interesting point made in the article, this country music article, is that the artists themselves rarely indulge to the level they are encouraging in their own songs and with their own brands of liquor. Some have gone through rehab and are now talking about being sober The the article said that that level of drunkenness encouraged within their music and the ability to actually make a living don't actually go well together. So though I realize this cannot serve as a blanket statement, I have seen more than I want to of people enslaved by the enemy, addicted to alcohol, drugs, and sensuality. It may start as a thrilling storm chase. Trying to capture that hurricane or tornado. But it ends in destruction. Paul is not trying to be a killjoy here in this passage. In fact, it's the very opposite. He is steering us away from destruction. It is perfectly natural for someone who hasn't been born of the spirit to indulge their sensual pleasures and to perhaps do it excessively. But we have been born of the spirit and living filled with the Holy Spirit raises us to a new dimension of joy that leads to verse 19. This revelrous singing and praising and talking to yourself in spiritual songs and in verse 20, going around thanking God all the time. Now, I just want you to think about that scripture and pull out. It's hilarious that Craig played that 80s hymn thing. But don't. that's not what that is. Think about it in terms of joyous, consistent, all the time, People are going to start thinking you're drunk because of the way you go around talking to yourself in spiritual songs, thanking God for every little thing that comes up. You're just always full of joy in the spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit is going to move you into a new dimension that makes that old life of indulging sensual pleasures just not even appeal anymore. We don't want to not take the opportunities that God has given us, and we don't want our lives ruined. So instead of being drunk with wine, we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is not an easy translation into English. Uh, The best way of saying it is be being filled with the Holy Spirit, a continuous life in the Holy Spirit. So here's another part of the mystery because it's, if it's like a wind that you don't know where it comes from or where it's going, but we can make a decision to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to figure that out. We have to find out what are our spiritual sails that we can set in a way to catch that wind of the Spirit and be constantly filled but it's possible to do it because it's what we're asked to do. We can live by the kingdom principles. We can be, be nurture our life accordingly, and we're going to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm wrapping it up to, to capture today's breeze. First, Jesus invites us to be born of the spirit. So how does that happen? It's mysterious and yet simple. On the day of Pentecost, following Peter's explanation to the crowd, they asked, what shall we do? Their question was basically saying, okay, now that we have heard about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and we are convicted of our sins, what are we supposed to do about it? You can read the whole story in Acts chapter 2, but they say they're, they're cut to the heart. They're convicted and they want to know what to do. And Peter's response was, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Just that simple. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. As you do that, you enter into the spirit birth and you begin seeing and entering the kingdom of God. And then second. Nurture the spiritual life by following your new GPS. Live by kingdom principles and put intention into designing your life according to God's will. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Letting every moment be an opportunity that is fitting and God-given, saturated with purpose. Sing. Talk to yourself with spiritual songs. Make music in your heart. Last week we talked about worship and celebration. And this is just, this just is another confirmation of this is what life in God is to be like. We need to have an attitude of singing and praising and thanking God in all things. And that is a part of what helps us be being filled With the Holy Spirit. It's not just possible. It is what we are called to. We are called to life in the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for each person here. I pray for myself. That you would help me to... Not be one that has, goes around with a bucket with holes in it. But instead to be one who is saturated with your purpose. Saturated with your presence. Filled to overflowing with the spirit of God. You told us, Jesus, it's a mystery. You told us it's not even explainable. And yet it is attainable. So we repent, we turn to you, we ask you for your Holy Spirit to fill us to the brim. Fill us, O Lord, and help us continue to be filled. I pray that we would commit to living life in the Holy Spirit. Forgive me for the times where I just take off on my own. My own strength, my own knowledge, my own skill. Acting like I'm not in the kingdom of God. Help me, Jesus. Holy Spirit, be my guide. My strength. And my song, O Lord. feel to do this, and so I'm just going to ask for you to hang with me for just a couple more minutes here, keeping your heads bowed. Is there anyone here that says, I'm not sure I've ever done step one. (laughs) Just being born of the Spirit, and I would like today to be that day that I have spiritual birth, born of the Spirit. Would you just... Lift your hand if that's you today. Okay. And then if there's anyone that says, I want to be filled with the spirit, whatever that might mean for me, I am ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you lift your hand? Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray especially for those that lifted their hand. Father, you said seek and you shall find. These are hearts seeking for you. They are ready to be filled with your Holy Spirit. And I just, I trust you for that, Father. I pray in your precious name that that filling come. In Jesus' name that it be, and if it's time for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that that come. But beyond that, that it also be that be being filled, that constant filling of the Holy Spirit in our life, that saturation of your presence in our life. I pray for that, especially for those that lifted their hands saying, I'm ready for that, O Lord. I believe you for it. I trust you for it. And I pray that we go out of this place in a spirit of joy, of being lifted up, and, uh, and being someone that uh, might be, people, others might be amazed. Like, why are you so joyful? And it's because we are living life with the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen.